to Launch Lath Podcast. I'm Rain Phoenix. And I'm Summer Phoenix. And this is a space for famed creatives to launch the next wave of music rebels. And also, it's an intentional space that highlights and empowers all artists for whom radical creativity is not a choice, but, but a necessity. necessity. Welcome to the show, Summer. Thanks, Rain. <laughs> so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> you bet. I'm so glad you're here. And uh, today we're joined by a very special guest fantastical creature yeah amazing musician songwriter producer grammy special rock star <laughs> i knew i was gonna things. get her to laugh see it work miss linda perry thank linda you perry, grammy special show. rock star that can you put that in <laughs> my bio please yeah. i was trying to rock. do little alt versions of what people expect well, I'm just enjoying my tea on my in my launch left uh, coffee mug. Just cheers, so you guys, cheers, cheers, salud. Cheers on Let's really make a plank. Thank you. Uh, welcome and good morning. Thank you. It's not really morning; it's practically evening right now. But I got a little tired. And when we're not doing this live, so I just you know I decided to you know say it was morning. Um, to continue with this like idea that you are a fantastical creature, which is what came to my um, head when I, you know, um, and I was thinking about this, which is, was there a time or uh, that you believed that? What? That, that, cause in my mind, (laughs) Linda Perry was a fantastical creature. And was there a time that you bought into that? Have you still, like, is that time past? Mm-hmm. Or do you, is there something about that that you, that's, you know, stands inside of you? Well, honestly, I've never been called that until <laughs> I met Rain long time ago. And she, you called me a unicorn and beauty and yeah. And so I remember doing one of my, um, the, one of the um, women in, uh, what was that, an evening with women. You came to one of my events and um, I came and checked on you. You're at your table and you're, you're like, hi, beauty. Oh, she's fantastic to, to the girl that you're with. And I thought that was very, I've never been, you know, talked to that you know, like that in that way. So it it holds a very special place with rain. So when you say fantastical creature, I think if rain Phoenix thinks I am, then I must be one. Can you tell us a little bit about what we are here is about? We are here. H E A R is, um, you know, I come from a time in, um, in the, in the nineties is when my band broke and there was a, a community in the 90s. And it seems like there was an incredible community in the 70s and 60s as well. It seems like there wasn't, 80s wasn't, but then 60s, 70s. Too much anyway, cocaine. You know, exactly. So I, you know, I, you know, we would be at, you know, a rehearsal room and down the rehearsal room would be, you know, other bands, emerging bands. And if I blew my amp, I could run down to the you know, Jackson Saints and go, hey, guys, I need an amp, you know, or do you have an extra fuse, whatever. When we played shows, we would bounce around on each other's shows. Like I'd get up and play, you know, tambourine or background. Someone would play, you know, guitar. So there was just this really wonderful community to me in music. And what I 
noticed, my partner is Carrie Brown, him and I were talking and we noticed there's that community does not in, exist right now. And it, 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 it really helped artists become who they are, um, having that support. Um, kids, you know, being able to go into a rehearsal room and figure out who they are, um, playing a show to five people, and then watching that blossom to 10, to 20, to so on and so on. So we wanted to create a company that would support the community um, from, you know, 20, when we started, 2017, I think is when we started the company, to forever, you know? And so we have a place in um, Studio Studio, it's a um, studio studio called We Are Here, and it's, we sell records, vinyl. It's so cool. We sell merch. Yeah. Um, we're still building it. In the back, we just built the recording studio part of it. And then in the back will be a showcase room. And we're going to have kids because in the valley, there's a lot of kids running around kind of aimless. So we wanted a space that they could just come to and listen to music, get information. Carrie and I are going to do workshops. We're going to be there available. Um, we're going to have sign-up sheets where you can come and do singer-songwriter showcases. Upstairs is our office. Um, so downstairs isn't going to be keeping the lights on, but it's going to keep our soul going. Right. You know, and so we find artists that we feel are legacy artists. We don't dabble. Like I've had many artists come to my attention through people going, this artist is going to be, they're going to blow up. And I say, I'm sure they are, but I do not see them 10 years from now. I do not see them at the, you know, Hall of Fame Awards, you know, nominations. Like that's how we're basing the artists that we get involved with. And the fact that we can be there from day one and help them make decisions that will be beneficial for their career. As you know, we all have made really bad decisions because we haven't had the information. Right now, sorry, I'm making this really long. There's not not enough information going to kids right now. They're not getting the right information. They're being told how to get followers, but not how to continue and preserve their career. That part, I don't understand. Like, how how do you maintain followers if you can't even maintain a career? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and also, I mean, kind of, you know, a lot of what we talk about here is is that when when an artist can't stop creating because that's who they are, regardless if anyone notices or they do it in their closet till they die, they have to do it. And so cultivating the community of artists that um, are at least seen for doing, for just needing to create and from a place of, um, you know, craft and, and and caring about music and art and really digging deep, not just because it's about money or a bottom line. Like basically like the thing I, I, I feel so strongly about artists being, you know, the first to really make big statements, you know, with their work usually in the world that begins to change the collective unconscious a lot. When somebody really powerful in the arts speaks through poetry, through their work, the poetry of art, which we all connect to, you know, and music being the universal language. So we don't even have to speak the language and we can feel when a good song is a good song. Like that, that power that artists wield is, is something I'd like to see cultivated. And it sounds like what you're talking about is really cultivating young artists to think past followers on Instagram and more to the, to the idea of like, why are you here? Why are you making music? Is it, is it, 
Is it something that you're thinking more in a vast sense of how you can help? You know, that's mm-hmm. always been my thing is like, how does it help? Like, is it going to help anyone? Because really, the, 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 we're surrounded by so much sadness all the time, like anything we can do to help. Right. And if you're right. creative, that's all you got is what you create. So how to cultivate that. And it sounds like that's kind of sounds a bit like what you guys are doing. You know, you're really wanting to cultivate young artists. Well, it's also Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying, yeah, but to be a guide, that is so such a rarity to I think that, you know, what we are lacking, like you said, the, you know, these, the youth is given uh, information, but not knowledge. Right. Mm -hmm. And it sounds well, they're getting information, but it's not always the right information. And I think cultivating is a a, a good word to use here, because it's about also, um, you know, we have to like when people say, oh, you should support music. It's not financial support that's in needed to be actually honest. It's creative support. It's being able to cultivate um, the art of making music the recording of it, the, you know, the, the taking the, the bar and raising the bar right now, because that's probably one of the biggest problems right now is the bar is so low that I don't, I just had a, I was just working with somebody the other day and, and, um, they wanted to work with me and I kind of worked with them for about an hour. And I said, I, you know what, I'm kind of done with this session. And I, I'm such a dick sometimes I I'm so bad, but, and it was a younger girl and I was trying to be very, very nice. And she, I said, I think we're good today, you know, and, and she wanted like two days and I did it as a favor for somebody. And I said, I'm going to be fully transparent and this is probably going to hurt your feelings. And she's like, yes. I said, you're not ready to be with me. You know, it's like you have so much to learn and you're growing and it's going to be amazing. But right now, the worst thing you could be doing is being with someone like me because you're going to miss a big growing period, you know, instantly like you're with Linda Perry and it was out of a favor and I love your manager and I would do anything for him. And but the best thing I could do for you right now is send you on your way and let you know that I think you have amazing potential, but these are the things I would work with. Right now, you sing in your nose. It's kind of annoying, and someone's going to call you out on this, and so I'm gonna try to help you now. This is what I would do to work on it. You need to stop singing in here because you're singing in your in your nose out of protection. Somewhere along the line, somebody told you that you need to protect your voice and to sing in your head. Well, I'm telling you right now, get rid of that information. It's not the accurate information because you're not singing from your soul, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I gave her all this stuff, you know, and she just looked at me and she's like, well, what do I do now? And I go, go work on this. And I'm going to call your manager and I'm going to let him know, you know, exactly what I told you. And I'm so sorry if any of this hurts, but this is the business. Yeah. And that's part that, I mean, that honesty with kindness is part of the mentorship. It sounds like that you're cultivating with this community. I did. And the thing is, is like the manager ended up calling me and thanking me. He's like, I don't know what you did, but I've been trying to get her to not sing like that for years, you know? And he's like, whatever you did totally opened her up and she was crushed after your meeting. But anyways, all I'm trying to get at is, you know, I'm not looking to be anybody's best friend at all. I'm, 
I'm trying to be the person that you go, you know what? She's a little aggressive at times, but she's super honest and she she helped me in some way. Whether it was my because I am kind. I I am a kind person, but I I to a, a certain degree. I'm not I'm not coming towards you with kindness. I'm coming to you with rawness, you know? And then the kindness or annoyance or, or, or frustration comes after the meeting. You know what I mean? How, you know what I mean? We can approach however we want, but I think if we approach in a raw way with no expectations, then we're going to find out how to be with someone. And that's kind of how I am all the time. It's like, okay, I don't know how I'm going to be, so I'm just going to come with raw, (laughs) you know, and I'll develop, you know, the kindness and warmth and or if I need to be a little more, you know, intentional or whatever. Mm-hmm. So anyways, that's how I approach. I love life um, so much. It's so overwhelming that it it can be, you know, um, overwhelming to have such high expectations because when you work with emerging artists, the expectations are high, mm-hmm. you know, because in order to do that nowadays, and I'm sure you guys know, you have to be somewhat of a superhero. Mm-hmm. Or a villain, you know, but you have to play some role in order to do this because the villain comes out when you're fighting for this artist. Mm -hmm. The superhero comes out because you are fighting for that artist, you know, so a lot of expectations, huh? Super villain. Yeah. But, you know, you have to have patience. You have to have vision and you actually have to have insight and um what's the word um instinct because the emerging artist is coming with nothing they're emerging artists they don't have the followers they don't have the the experience do they have talent do they have the talent is it raw is it innate yes. is it that's the only thing that gets them in my door mm-hmm. is i have to see like my willa am i i met this kid I told you about her, 13, 12 and a half, I met her. Bottle caps, full on braces, a total dork, talking a mile a minute. And uh, Soleil Moon Fry asked me to come meet her. She's like, hey, dear, oh my God, you're a goddess. Um, This is how she actually talks. You're an angel, you know, can you please come meet my friend's daughter? We think that maybe she has something, but we don't know. But of course, who else would we call but a most talented person I know on this planet? You are an angel, please come to me. (laughs) I know, it sounds really spot on. And I'm like, with that, I'm like, of course, you know, so I go meet this kid and... And then she plays like, I don't even know what the fuck she played. It was like a half of a song or something, but I could hear instantly there's something with this kid. So I, I told the mom, I said, listen, I need a whole song. So, um, call me in two months, but I need five songs, you know, and I'm just like making this up, you know, but she, I felt like this kid needed direction like that. Like she seemed like an academic. What and I instantly was like, okay, what would an ap- academic? They want homework, right? All right. So I gave her homework. Call me in two months. Picked five random, you know, a number randomly, like clockwork. On the day, called me. I wrote five songs. I'm like, oh, okay, hey, you know. She shows up. Wrote a song the night before coming to see me because she's so excited. Mm-hmm. 
shows up, you know, plays me all. And I said, do you play and sing at the same time? I, I do. I'm like, okay, great. So just tell me what the song is called before you play it. I'm going to record it just so I have. So I sat in my room and um, this song is called um, Puzzle. N n not one mistake. Mm. This song is called blah, blah, blah. Not one mistake. So play me all. And I'm tearing now in there because one, how perf perfect she is. And the fact that these songs were deeper than any 12. I mean, I came out crying going, I was never that deep at your age. And so she instantly just won me over because of her work ethic. I was like, oh, this kid's going to work. Now, mind you, you guys know this too. You can be the, you can be John Lennon. You can have a, you could have played me Imagine and all these incredible songs. But if you sit on your couch and don't do anything, your talent is wasted. I don't want John. I don't want lazy John. You know, <laughs> I don't want that guy. I want the kid that isn't as talented, but has a lot of heart and is driven. That's the one I look for. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's Willa. She's 15 now. Wow. We just recorded an album. She's done duets with Dolly Parton. She just sang with Brandy Carlisle in wow. San Francisco. Brandy loved her so much and invited her to come sing a song with her. I'm like, hell yeah. That's I got in the car and drove her there because she had to be at school the next day. Like, we're, road trip, you know? And it was amazing. Um, I think she's done other things that I'm brain farting right now. What has she done? She's done so many things so far. Um, she's so 15. she's 15 now and we have an incredible record. We're going to release it at the top of the year. Uh, we decided to wait like, like, you know what? Why are we in a hurry? I'm not releasing anything right now. Yeah. Let's just let her grow a little bit more and then we'll release it at the top of the year. 2020. That feels good. Mm -hmm. So there's no, there's urgency. no urgency. You know what I mean? I think right now too, with labels, it's like an artist, like, we're talking about an artist that we have right now that is so, you know, it's so in a hurry to get music out. They're forgetting about the setup. Mm -hmm. Like, why do you want to get music out right now? Why? What's the hurry? Mm -hmm. Well, we want to make, you know, the holiday and all that. It's like, so fucking what? Mm -hmm. Can I cuss? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and um, anyways, so the slightest little thing. So that's what helping an emerging artist is. Yeah. It's helping them understand that, we're ready when you're ready. Mm -hmm. And and then even that, we still have a beat. It's like we go where the love is. And you got to understand who you are, Willa. Who are you? If you can tell me who you are and what you want to do, then you're ready. And literally, I thought she was going to be ready at 16, but she came to me. It was like, this is who I am. This is what I want. I'm like, you're fucking ready. Let's go. Wow. So... She's going to be huge. She is. She's going to be an incredibly very influential artist in 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 2020 because of how she is because what Willa represents is the other part of it. It's the drive, the motivation, the skill, the planning, the patience, the execution. And the heart, that part she has. What, um, and this is not to, you know, uh, but where do you think, this is just to highlight the importance of that idea of mentorship and curatorship and, um, you know, 
helping the artist manifest who they are. Where do you think she would have been had you not been uh, instrumental in in this growth process of hers as an artist? And it's the uh, my question, I guess, is the idea of like, because um, you were talking about a talent being innate, and that's what the emerging artist brings. That's the thing that they have is they bring that raw talent. Mm-hmm. And um, do you, do you think there would have what sort of path would she have walked without your guidance? Honesty, um, honestly, well, her mom is so believes in Willa. And I believe probably it would be a different version of what she's in right now. She would have found somebody else and they would have probably approached her the same way because I can't imagine a world where Willa hasn't manifested everything exactly the way she expects it to run. So if it wasn't me, she would have manifested another, she was just manifesting someone like me. Mm-hmm. So if I didn't show up, that other person would have showed up. And Hillary, her mom is so like supportive and has great instincts herself and is driven to help Willa with her destiny, you know, fulfill this destiny that she obviously was born with. Um, that's the other part. We got to remember that part. You know, I was born exactly into what I am inheriting in my life. I was born into this. Now, it has been up to me from day one to be ready to accept all these incredible gifts the universe keeps giving us. You know, that's what it is. I mean, truly, right? I mean, the universe is set up to give, not take. And we have to be willing and receptive to be receptive. Yeah. And so I am constantly receiving it. I'm like, you know, and there's times where I'm not, you know, where I get a little low and my, my, my insecurities, you know, flare up and I'm like, I'm not worthy of anything. I mean, you're human. You know, yeah, I'm human. And I think that Hillary is very understanding of that. And I think she opens up Willa's space to let her know it's not all about academics. It's not about how smart you are, you know, though she's a straight A student and is extremely intelligent. Um, But so, yes, I'm answering it a very long way, but she would be, so if I'm on this table and it looks identical, she would be over here with another person that is just very similar and probably, you know, has the same beliefs. Go ahead, but let me just ask one thing. Was there somebody that uh, was, was this for you or many people, or did you manifest we are here because that was what was lacking for you as a young artist or maybe that has nothing to do with it, but I, my, you know, I guess my question is, is like, was, was there that there for you? (laughs) I believe that it's constant for me. Um, Who's there for me is exactly who's supposed to be there for me. Whether it's someone who's um, 
not being kind. Um, if I'm getting getting beaten or praised, it's all the same to me. If if that seems that's believable. the knowing that univer the universe is kind. Yeah. Um, I didn't have the greatest childhood. But I don't look at it as I was a victim. I was just, I look at it as, uh, okay. I had to struggle, but those struggles, I've, I'm so insanely happy with my destiny, where I'm going, my direction. And although, mind you, I'm an extremely miserable person too. I'm very unhappy and dark and depressed. Right. And we you know what I mean? I but mean, so obvious. But it's like all of that whether it was a nice person or a not nice person, whether it was a bully or a hero, a villain or a superhero, it all plays still today. Like my my actions still play off to the people that I meet. I mean, I believe when we 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 talked, uh, you know, two years ago, um, I just started saying yes two years ago. Was it has it been two years? I feel like I'm saying two years and it's now three years, but I just kind of start saying yes to things and I find myself constantly surrounded by incredibly powerful scenarios because of the yes. And prior to that, so I'm this is changing me now. Hearing you call me a fantastical creature changes. You know, it it alters who we are from when I woke up and from the moment I walked in here to the moment I'm going to walk out. Something got altered just now in the matrix of emotions. You know, it, I just got altered because now I feel a little more empowered. This what something's going to happen in this conversation that's going to be empowering. Something may may upset me and, and make me feel sad when I walk out, you know? And then when I get to my studio, I'm going to create something. I'm going to watch something, and that's going to alter me because of something somebody directly um, did. They created something. Like I'm working on a couple um, documentaries right now, and every time I go to a new scene, I'm affected, you know? So it's like... I'm constantly inspired by all things evil or kind and um, frustrating or happy, sad, depressed, you know, call it whatever you want. I have suicidal t thoughts and those thoughts even, and mind you, I would never do anything, but you know, it's part of, it's part of the sickness. You know, I am just, I have a, a illness that is drawn to being in a dark, comfortable blanket you know, and I grow a lot of wonderful things from that dark blanket. But I'm constantly being challenged on, on a daily basis, you know, like how am I going to present myself today? And then I'm constantly being thrown into some incredible person that from a homeless person to a woman I'll give $20 to because I know she needs it for the right reasons, and then pops out from behind a tree, her child. I'm like, I picked, I picked the right person today to give money to. You know, I didn't, I didn't see the child. I just saw her, you know, and you know how we go down the street. We don't know if we're giving money to a, a, an acid head or crystal fiend or drug addict or Whatever we don't know, but we want to give in some way sometimes. Mm -hmm. So anyways, I just, those tiny little moments right there affect me. Mm -hmm. 
It takes like a, a level of consciousness to to see the matrix like that. Um, do you have a practice? Do you have a meditation practice or something? Is that I'm a- like the worst, you know. I before my I have a four year old son, and before him, I did yoga six days a week. I meditated. I walked all the time. Like it was a very very balanced life I was living. And then Rhodes showed up and I'm obsessed with him. All my spare time goes to him. And I don't regret one moment of it, but I do not have the yoga. I don't do the yoga anymore. I don't have my walks as much as I want to. There's not a lot of me time. My me time is completely absorbed in his time. And when, and then working on top of it, but I'm like the busiest I've ever been, but I managed to always get home, you know, for dinner. I take him to school. I make lunch. I pick him up when I can. I read to him and get home. And then I just go back to work. Do you sleep? Rarely. I mean, I have like a, honestly, and I'm no exaggeration and it's fine because I'm good this way, but maybe two hours, three hours is like really great. But like, I'll go to work. I'm so in it. I'm addicted to my work. I love it. And I'll get, I'll be there till four in the morning. I'm like, holy shit. And I get in the car, I go home. Rhodes is up around six o'clock. So I get maybe an hour nap. He wakes up, I make him breakfast. We hang out, make his lunch, all that, take him to school. And I'm right back to work. I can't wait to get back to that scene I just left, you know? Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm a workaholic. I really have a... a it's like, I miss it. Like, I can't wait right now as we're talking to get to work. It feeds wow. you. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great way of saying it. It feeds you. Well, there does take, I, I still think to have to have a vantage and see like, I to say things like I have a darkness and a blanket that I go to that a lot of my creation comes from. And, you know, it's an outside looking in. It's like, well, they say the consciousness sits at a, a, a seat of its own. If you look at, if you... If you think about who's the me watching everything, right? That's consciousness. And so you obviously have a relationship to your con- Linda, the, the not, actually the not Linda Perry, just the consciousness mm-hmm. within you. It, there is no identity attached to it. There's no ego. It's the part that's connected to every other living thing here, you know, and yeah. that ecosystem of energy, that is probably why you don't sleep and things like that. It's like, when you get that sort of like, you know what you're supposed to do, and you got to do it, out of nothing really matters. Yeah. And I, I love that, because I've definitely enjoyed those times, too, where you get so impassioned into what you're doing that, you know, it's 5am, and you look at the cloud, what, you know, and edits, whatever it is, I've I've been there numerous times, although I do say I, I definitely need my sleep, so I try to get at least six hours if I yeah. can. But that excitement around creating and creation, it's just it's it's kind of can't be beat. And then and everything I do, like everything I choose to do, there's never any money attached. <laughs> Like, God, why can't I be one of those people that just (laughs) takes money gigs? And I try, I swear, (laughs) I swear to fucking God, I try it. And then I'm just like, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. It's like, oh, I can't, I can't do it. I'm just, one of these things is going to pay off, you know? So (laughs) anyway, so I I think like for me, one of the important things to understand, you know, I just want to backtrack for a second because I don't want to make lightly of when someone says, you know, I have suicidal thoughts. It's like, 
the things that I think about, it's like, I'll be driving and they'll be like, you know, okay, I'm done. I'm just done being here right now. I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm tired. Mm-hmm. I'm tired. I'm really, it's not because I'm sad and depressed. I'm fucking tired. And I can see how this is going to go, you know, because I'm like, people, when someone says, oh, you're a legend, I'm like, who are you talking to? You know, because it certainly isn't me, you know, and I am like, I'm looking like this going, oh my God, there's so much more to go. And I'm down here. I'm literally, my career in my mind is down here. I've got so far to go. And 54 years I've been going at it in life and I'm exhausted and I'm like going, shit. And I know the universe is going to play some really shitty fucking ass trick with me and keep me here to like 110, 120. I'm going to be that woman that's in my platforms, in my hat. And there goes Linda Perry. She's still alive. <laughs> my God. And I'm still going to try to be hip and cool. And I'll probably still be writing and doing all this <laughs> shit. And I'll still be telling whoever I'm talking to, like, I haven't, I haven't gotten to my goals yet and I'm really looking forward to the next 50 years you know I'm gonna be like (laughs) oh my god I'm never gonna go away you know and I just know it and so sometimes I'm like going all right just do it now just just drive into that truck well then you'd be hurting other people and and then and then it's almost funny I it's almost a movie in my in fact I might make it into a movie because I never will do anything about it. I did it. I tried once when I was 16 and I wasn't successful at it. And I really tried to do it. And I did it because I didn't feel like I belonged. Like I really felt God put me in the wrong time or the universe or whoever. I don't belong in this time. I'm, I was supposed to be earlier. It's not now I'm in the, they missed, they messed up. I really truly believe that when I was a kid and so I attempted it to hope, hopefully that I would be put back where I was supposed to belong and it didn't happen. And then I was like, okay, well, I'm obviously stuck here. So now figure it out, Linda, mm-hmm. you know, and that's kind of how my, my brain works. I'm, I'm dark in a very mysterious way of it's very compelling and I find humor in it and I get so much creative and so much love so much love fills my heart from it, you know? So it's mm-hmm. like, I'm gonna keep this around. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna get rid of that. Like if something's giving me creativity and love. Sounds like you're loving your shadow. It's yeah. a great thing. I am, I do, I love my dark shadow. It's a good thing. It's good advice too for, you know, as a, in terms of a balance between the two. Yeah, I think, you know, there. There's an, uh, way, way too often a, a huge opportunity for self-righteousness when you choose one or the other because yeah. you think you got it, you figured it out. But balance means you, you're, you're never, you never got the answer. You're just trying to mitigate the suffering. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, keep on keeping on one foot in front of the other, that yeah. sort of, that sort of well, thing. Well, and creating from a place of like, you know, I'm here for some, some, for some reason I did land here, whether I'm trapped or why, like, what is the purpose that I'm here? Like my, you know, that's, that's definitely what I realized the older I've gotten is like, I'm here for a reason and I will explore and find that reason. And I feel like I know what that is more than I ever have. And that's what I'm 
just going to open up the channel and and get, let that guide me towards, you know, basically trying to help as much as possible, be of greatest benefit through my art and through connections and helping other people and what whatever is like the most positive thing I can do while I'm here. That's sort of my focus. I could not do that without my sadness. Mm. Like to say that like, ah, so now I'm just a happy-go-lucky person who's all about bringing happiness to the world and there's no other, like I couldn't do that without connecting to the part that we all do around, you know, sadness and loss and, and, and the fact that everything changes and you can't depend on anything. Katie, you know, crying over there for a second. <laughs> Is that maybe a benefit of age that you, that we may find that, um, that no matter what there we have a purpose whether we know that it what it is or not that it is good enough to know that uh each our individual souls have have a purpose in this because i feel like you know in youth and adolescence the, a lot of depression fear you know all of anxiety all that comes from that sort of longing to know what is my purpose why do i matter why am i here and then as we get older you can, you become, you had to have a sense of a knowing that like, maybe I don't know what my purpose is, but I know that I have a purpose. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Maybe. I don't know. Should I'm we ask some questions? I think we're, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. We're at let's, that time. Let's do, we're going to ask our three favorite questions. All right. We're not even sure if they're our favorite, but we, ask yeah, them. today they'll be your yeah. favorite. Yeah. Um, yeah, you should start because Actually, I never remember. She pretty much answered the third one, but we're going to go more in depth into it. But the first one, uh, we say first, second, third, they're always interchangeable. Um, just how did music find you? And through that, like who, inf you know, who were your influences that made you go like, oh, I want to pick up the guitar. I want to play piano. Music always was around because, um, my, I have five brothers and one sister and, um, actually three brothers and one sister, two of them I didn't meet until later on. Um, but I was, I grew up with the three brothers, but my mother loved, um, Brazilian music. So she was constantly listening to Sergio Mendes or Gibraltar or whatever. My father loved Frank Sinatra, jazz and country music. My sister loved the Beach Boys and Elvis Presley. And my brothers loved Turtles, Beatles and all that. Wow. I gravitated towards um, musicals for some reason. Um, I never, I never adapted a style, but I just remember one, my, my first claim musically was my mom gave me the Cinderella soundtrack and gave my brother the Jungle Book soundtrack. And I went ape shit. And I'm like, I no, the Jungle Book is mine because I thought the melodies and the songs were just so much better on the Jungle Book. Um, and then I somehow in that mix discovered Karen Carpenter. And that, I listened to her voice over, I can't even say the Carpenters because I wasn't really interested in the Carpenters per se, but I was so, something drew me to her mm. and her voice because I found it interesting how this voice could be singing such happy songs mm -hmm. because she didn't sound happy. Mm -hmm. And then when I saw her and then I saw her on drums, I was like, what, you know, who's singing? And then it was the lady at the drum set, you know? 
And then um, something, I just, I don't know why, I don't know how I picked up on this, but something didn't fit with Karen Carpenter. And I just, I just instantly picked up on that. And her melody and her tone, it made me ache. Mm -hmm. Like it, I, my, my heart ached. And that if it, in, when I look back at it now was obviously my first introduction into understanding and relating soulfully to music mm. because I was connected to her, not mm. the songs, you know, wow. yeah, at all. Like, in fact, I thought the songs were silly, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you know, like when Karen Carpenter says, you know, why do birds suddenly appear? You actually go, interesting. Why do they? But if Debbie Boone said that, you would go, who fucking cares? <laughs> you know? And so Karen Carpenter, hands down, really, I think, inspired my melody and my, my heart. Mm. And, and on top of it, I was a very dark kid. You know, I, I was being very mishandled. And I think I related to something in her tone that felt like it, it, it felt like if I could sing, that's what I would sound like. And that's exactly what I started sounding like. So when I first started writing my first songs at 15, I was very down here, you know, singing in this low voice. And, um, so that's, she was massive in, but melodically and emotionally. Karen Carpenter. Beautiful. Do you want to ask the second question? The second question is... Um, Artivist question? Uh, yes. What activates your artistry in that, um, in this world as we've, you know, spoken about? Uh, there's a lot that is, uh, there's a lot of suffering. There's a lot of um, movements towards change um, that call at each and every one of us to participate? Um, and is there something that calls you specifically? Which I feel like she's already answered this also as, as, as far as the fact that your, um, you know, your endeavor, that your, your business endeavor is that like the mentorship, but I'll let yeah. you answer well, it. My call to action as of right now is to um, help the new generation of kids to help be a guide, a light, a mentor, an inspiration, um, whatever it is I can do to help kids understand that music is not what it's being perceived to be, you know, it's deeper, you know, and I think that that's the problem right now. Kids are looking at music in a, in a different light, not for change, not to inspire, not to reflect on 10 years from now, not to help motivate change, um, to heal, you know, and I find that extremely devastating because I'm looking at my four-year-old that he shows an interest 
in music. Um, I mean, at one and a half, he was listening to the Beatles on his own. He's obsessed with the Beatles, ABBA, um, Bob Dylan, um, and now Queen he's listening to. But even that, he does it lightly because his sister listens to it, and he's always been listening to music. Like, I'll put it this way. His sister is um, 12 right now. She's inspired. She's been influenced by his choices. Mm -hmm. He, She was listening to Ariana Grande and all the mm -hmm. modern music, Zed and all that. Mm -hmm. And he was listening to Beatles over and over. He just wanted to listen to all the Beatles, everything. And in Spanish, you know. And she just got hip to the Beatles now mm -hmm. as wearing Beatles shirts. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, he was dressing like Paul McCartney. Anyway, the, the <laughs> he's point, four. he's four. The point <laughs> is I'm looking at him and seeing this interest starting to develop. And I'm looking at the road we are on and I'm going, oh, someone blew up the bridge mm -hmm. to get to the other side. Mm -hmm. We better hurry now because when they get here, everybody's just gonna fall off. Mm -hmm. I don't know who's going to be, who, who, when my ballad comes in and I go to my, my committee meeting about putting in the, the, who's gonna be nominated for the Hall of Fame, I'm getting concerned mm -hmm. about this, these past decades, you know? Mm -hmm. So I am trying right now to run way ahead and build that bridge back up and I'm trying to grab whoever I can talk to, whoever I can influence and motivate, whatever. It's like, there is a dire need, there, we're, there's an emergency right now. We need to build this bridge back up because we need to get these kids across to the other side because we need to have the future of music through our kids right now. It's Amen. across the board, I feel like, in a lot of ways in society in general, this idea of like, you know, it's like fast fashion, fast food, th this, you know, it's like, um, what's the word when it's just like, uh, not compostable, but the opposite of compostable, just where it's just like, uh, you know, it's uh, where we just like, are not paying attention to cultivating the the heart, yeah. you know, and it's just about well, you know, money and capitalism. Well, if and we just, look, if we look at the years to come and the way they're going at it, as like, say, the big bad wolf. So the big bad wolf and everybody right now is building their houses out of straw. It's not gonna last. I'm trying to get people to build their house out of brick because it's gonna take longer. It's a lot harder, but the outcome will be longevity. Mm -hmm. And those are the careers we need to focus on. Mm -hmm. Age old quality versus quantity. Yes. Well, and that's a huge, <clears throat> what Launch Left is about really. By the way, it's, I really liked that analogy. I did yeah, too. Yeah, yeah the big Save bad it for later. Yeah. The big sure. bad wolf like, could be the you write, music and Make that part of like a one sheet. Entertainment. entertainment. <laughs> Um, and that's exactly what perfect is. We're getting to the last question, which is what we do here on Launch Left is, you know, who is the next uh, Radiohead, PJ Harvey, the Beatles, these people who are artists that are um, making art because they have to and they're making beautiful art, right? 
we have such an there's so much like you said built on straw right and um and fast and about followers and about being famous that's so much about that right now yeah so we're really of a mind that like who better than to to let us know who might be the next beatles or then people that we respect in music that have um a great track record of their own and have a good sense of curatorial a, a good curatorial eye and so we've come to the part of the show where we ask you who your launched artist is who who is emerging and up and coming and i know we talked about her a lot in this interview and i thank you for that for spending a lot a long time speaking about your your launched artist because that's really what we like to do is really get to know who this next person is that we're going to go buy the record and be psyched about so uh yeah so we that's our final question is for you to expound a little bit uh, and you have a lot but also we'll have you introduce her and the song in particular that you want us to play mm -hmm. to close out the show um and if it has a video that's even better because we also are on youtube so then people can watch her video so well, my launch artist is emerging artist is um, Willa Mai. Um, she's 15 years old. Um, started working with her when she's 12 and a half. And she has showed incredible strengths already. And her intentions are music. I don't even think, I don't even think we've had one conversation about fame or any of that, you know, or brand or whatever, you know, like we tell her to Instagram, you know, if she's got something to say, but that's about it, you know. But she, to me, is her generation, and I, and I can say this without feeling weird about it, like this is gonna come back and haunt me in some weird way, but she is her generation's Carol King. Hmm. Absolutely. Wow. And, She's very prolific. Like, you know, she will be inspired about anything. And her songs are coming from different places because some of the songs she writes, I'm like, where did this come from? She's like, I don't know. I just, they just show up. Mm -hmm. And that's how they show up for me. Mm -hmm. And it's in her sleep. It's when she wakes up. It's when she's on her way to, to school. Um, it's at the dinner table and I'll, uh, if, when I go out to dinner, she's just like, you know, and I'll be sitting with the family and, and Will is just like, and then she doesn't know she's humming and sing. I go, do you know that you do that all the time? She's like, what? I'm like, you're always singing. You're always humming something. She's like, no. And I'm like, and then Hillary, her mom's just like, she doesn't, she has no clue, you know? Wow. And, um, I feel so, I feel like what I was talking about, building bricks and building bridges, I feel safe with Willa because I believe she is already in that space. She is building her, her brick house right now. She is helping me build that bridge that I talked about. And she will be like me and mentor and be, be very influential, you know, helping. Her intentions will always be to just play music. I just know it. She'll never, ever be because she, she's, she'll never be driven by money or by brand or by fame. And that is how we get from here to there. Yeah. Because 
that's how it was. That's why it used to be, man. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the way it was. Yeah. People got, I mean, when Clive Davis signed those bands back there, it was because he was a fan. Right. When Clive Davis signed bands later, it was because he saw money. You know, things changed. And we got to get back to when we just signed artists because we are just fans. Because when we're a fan, we know great things happen there because because we, we got to allow these kids to be who they are, not who we want them to be. Like, And that's the other thing about Willa. Willa is exactly who she wants to be. She's not what Linda told her to be. Mm-hmm. She's who Willa told her to be. And Ooh. that is important. So important. My name is Linda Perry, and the artist I would like to launch is Willa Amai, and this is her song, Trampled Flowers. Committed every crap I sold you Left without a trace Only wanted to adore you Show me love, I'll do the same Minutes turning into hours Hours turning into faith With only seconds And two hearts Pulled separate ways I remember that day When our world Fell from grace Ran through fire and rain Trampled flowers Along the way Watch you live a
Launch Left aims to create an intentional space that highlights and empowers all artists for whom radical creativity is not a choice, but a necessity. Launch Left begins with music, but its ultimate aim is to launch left-of-center artists in all creative fields. Everybody, 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 everybody